I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. So I've started swimming again after almost a year off, and I don't want to brag, but I'm actually very good at it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Mary of many talents. Anyway, a couple of things that I've noticed in that time. One, children don't like to be forced to wear their pyjamas and shoved into a swimming pool to retrieve a brick, and I'm with them on that because I don't see how it's a life skill. Two, women of a certain age don't like to be splashed when they go past you in the swimming pool, which I find quite strange, considering we're both in a massive pool of water. And number three, straight men. Oh my God, aren't they self-obsessed? I think I'd forgotten what the straights were like in changing rooms. The absolute dirty looks that they give you. The suspicion. The suspicion that they think you might fancy them. I mean, the audacity. They are slamming doors, throwing towels all over the place, hiding their bits and bobs from you. And I just wanted to do a little PSA on behalf of all Nellies worldwide that just because you've got some bits that you think we want to see, it doesn't mean we want to be anywhere near them, Keith. Okay? I think you think, given half the chance, I would be over you like a hot rash, babe. And I tell you what, that Faruka sock is not doing it for me.
everybody. <laughs> sounded very neat, didn't it? Sounded very nice. Sounded like you were on the wrong podcast. <laughs> Listen, nobody mentioned the fact that the Queen has had a four-day bender, because I'll tell you what, I am fucking up to here with it. If I see another flag, another bit of fucking bunting, I don't know what I'm going to do. Hello, yes, it's me, Scotty, and this is After the Tone, which, well, speaking about queens and benders... <laughs> After the tone is a bit like an, an afters. It's a bit like a chill out. It's a bit like a sesh, little sesh club seven. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and you've invited back a bunch of, well, people who like the sound of their own voice and people who won't get the hint and they won't leave. <laughs> Listen, it's a podcast. Calm yourself down. I'll tell you what, you do get your knickers in a twist about this, don't you? Listen, it's meant to be a bit of a laugh, but you lot, you're a bunch of fucking Debbie Downers. (laughs) Speaking of which, hello to the ATT crew, hello to Tim Meyer, Kat, and of course, the wonderful Debbie, who has just slid a note under the door to say, apparently we're a bit thin on calls this week, because you lot, not only do you like the sound of your own voice, you're also a fucking lazy bunch of dickheads as well. So, if you want to get involved, the number's coming up in a bit, all right? Don't just fucking sit there. It's an interactive experience. On today's show, it's rainbow flag season. I told you, Debbie, I don't want any more fucking flags. Apparently it's rainbow flag season. Getting legless at a bottomless brunch and fishy celebrities. But before that, make sure you're following us over on the Twitter and Instagram for more silly fun. Anyway, enough about you. More about me. (laughs) I think that's probably something I've said the most on this podcast. Um, I've taken up photography in the past few weeks. Yeah, I know. Well, my skills have no end, do they, really? And um, it's film photography, too. Yes. Yes, I now know what 35 means. And uh, I'm I'm shooting black and white. I think that's what the photographers say. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah, quite edgy. I mean, I'm literally a mullet away from being a depressed sad boy cliche, aren't I? Hi, Scotty. Hi, everyone in the pub. I've been here twice before, but it's been two years, I just realised... So I've a lot of catching up to do. I'd like to partake in the fish to celebrity name game, if that's what it's called, um, as suggested by Miss Annabelle Sings. So we'll just get into it. I've Cod Stewart, Tarpon Egerton, Placey Ray, Chrissy Redhind, Prawn French, Marlene Brando, Sardine Gaffney, Mackerel Moore and Leonard Nemo. Now, I know Nemo isn't actually a type of fish, it's a given name to a cartoon fish, but I thought it would be appreciated nonetheless. So, yeah, thanks for distracting me from my working from home for longer than I care to admit. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. Thanks, Emil. Uh, keep up the good work. Mind the vodka. <laughs> now, we haven't heard from you in a long while. God, I love this. I love this. It feels like old friends, isn't it? And immediately, because of course, I only know the sound of your voices. And there's a few of you that I've seen on the internet or have gone to me, hi, I'm this person. But like, it's so interesting because you can hear a voice and you're like, diehard fans be like, oh my God, I remember this person when they called up and they did that amazing piece of spoken word. Like, it's one of my favourite calls of all time. And I'm saying that because it's the truth and to make other people jealous and for them to try harder. <laughs> and some great fishy celebrities there. I was thinking, yeah, Macy Gray, Placey, Placey Cray, Placey Cray. 
don't know, repeating it twice. I just thought, oh, I'll repeat that twice. Then people will really understand how clever I am. Anyway, I really endorse more, more of this fishy behaviour. More of this fish ridiculousness. Um, I'm trying to think some of them now. Because this is the thing. I only ever hear these calls straight away. So I've got no time to prepare. You're all sat there with lists of things. <laughs> You're all doing retakes. I'm going, okay, now I've got to think of one. Okay, let me think of one. I'm going to think of one. Okay. No, Debbie, don't you edit this down, please. Because people have got to understand this in real time. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> um... Oh, God. Do I know any fish? <laughs> well, let's leave it like that, actually, because I think you've peaked. I think you've done quite a, a few. So if if anyone wants to top that, chance to be a fine thing. If anyone wants to top that, please, let's keep the fish game going. Hello, Scotty. Hello, Tim, Maya, Cat, and producer Debbie. You said to call in if you had any thoughts about this uh, bottomless brunch palaver that people are going on at the moment and I've got thoughts I have, I've got thoughts oh yes it's Spooky Scouser by the way I know you don't like it when people don't introduce themselves basically I can't really drink anymore I can't drink more than two drinks or three drinks maximum because of the medication that I'm on it makes me actually vomit <laughs> so it's not much fun um, and I'm really annoyed that it's all about the drinking these bottomless brunches it really irritates me because, like, brunch was, like, a thing you could do without, like, the whole drunk people everywhere thing. And I've got nothing against people getting drunk, like, but it's just no fun when you're not drunk. Do you get what I mean? So I'm annoyed that I don't have a space to go with my friends where everyone's not getting drunk. I mean, obviously, there's still other spaces, but it used to be a nice thing, like, going out for breakfast, lunch with friends but with these bottomless brunch things, it's all about getting as much Prosecco down here as possible, like you said. <laughs> I'm not interested in getting pissed at nine in the morning. Hi, Spooky Scouser. Lovely to have you back. Yes, now we're picking up this conversation from a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about, very specifically, I think we were talking about the sort of drag brunch culture that has people like off their rocker by noon. And just a full disclaimer, when you said you're not interested about being pissed at nine o'clock in the morning, I did my time. <laughs> I have been there. A fair few of us have. And I mean, I took it from 9am to 9pm. So I, I, I mean, I sort of do know what I'm talking about here. I think I can talk from authority here not endorsing that behavior it was a very difficult time in my life but you know i know what i'm on about and something which i've observed and this is very specific to sort of the drag brunch bottomless culture thing is because people are pissed and because this relationship with drag is often to dehumanize you know seeing a drag queen as there for your soul entertainment they're dehumanized depersonalized that you observe largely these big groups of young women treating queens in the way oh god this is sort of a new thought but let's go with it and see if it makes sense treating queers who are working at these places like young men treat them it's very, like, gropey, very, like, come here. And I'm not saying this is great behaviour 
queers and other queer performers who are my friends talk about becoming like a possession like these large packs sort of come and they descend they get really pissed and they start doing things that they wouldn't do if they weren't sober or a little bit drunk it sort of endorses this very toxic space I think that's what I'm also afraid of but I guess because of drag going overground between that television program and the amount of podcasts that are about it and, you know, fucking drag queens advertising tofu on the telly, you know, because of that prominence in culture and because of drag brunches being like the thing to do and where you go, I wonder if there is an effect there on exposing people to different sorts of queer identities that is a bit community building. But wouldn't it just be nice if you were able to do that and it wasn't traumatic for the queers involved? Mm, I think there could be more in this. Maybe you're a drag performer. Maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you've got different experiences or different thoughts. Maybe you and your gang have gone to these drag brunches and you want to talk in defence of it. I'd be really interested to hear your experience. Hi, uh, Scotty and uh, producer Debs, of course, and all the wonderful techies who keep this thing on the road and everyone else in the pub. Hi, it's Jamie from Edinburgh. Yes, it was me saying gusset the other day because I love the word gusset. Anyway, from my flat in Edinburgh, I'm looking out the back window and I look down the Royal Mile and slightly to the left off to Carlton Hill and uh, in between is the new government office, UK government, Scottish office. And flying proudly over it today on the first day of June is, of course, the pride flag. And I'm just thinking, you fucking hypocrites. How dare you colonise and use my flag, our flag, which symbolises, what, freedom from oppression, the rights to equality, and smashing the patriarchy, all of those sort of things. That's what I was saying, that flag. A beautiful freedom of expression and variety. And you've stuck it on top of your fucking building and think you can just own it and go, yay, gay rights. Well, do you know what those gay rights are, love? Those gay rights are to be a refugee escaping oppression in your own country, coming to Britain and staying here, not being redeported back to bloody Rwanda. No besmirching of Rwanda, but come on. It means that those LGBT refugees are now again put back into the most horrific danger. And what about looking after our LGBT mentals? <laughs> you know, providing some proper mental health services or homeless services for those LGBTs, cute pluses, who have been chucked out of home simply for being themselves. Oh, this kind of performative rainbow flag waving has reached peak level when the UK government can stick it on their building. It's grade A gaslighting is what it is. I should be going, wow, yay, look, the UK government is, is on our side. Woo! Freedom, we've, we can get married. We, but there's this whole other layer of bullshit and danger that our LGBTQ 
plus siblings have to deal with. <sighs> yeah, I'm so over rainbow capitalism. Who are these people? Jamie from Edinburgh, always lovely to have you in the room. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, I th- thought the, there was a beautiful irony here. Because people who know Edinburgh, who have visited, who have been to any of the festivals, uh, who are of the Nelly variety, will know that this UK building that Jamie was describing is near or in the, shall we say, in plain sight of Carlton Hill, which is the local cruising area. (laughs) Which we quite enjoy. And yes, it is Pride season, as they call it, because it has become this moment where everyone and their local gas station is putting up a rainbow flag. Some of them, which I find, like, there's so many different variations. I think the straights have got so scared now of what flag to put up that they are just putting them all up, which is quite good. I kind of like, I think, like, more queer solidarity should come from a place of fear. (laughs) Um, There's lots to pick up here. God, where to start, actually? I guess the big overarching thing for me is about whether or not that flag reads as freedom, as you say, to us all. Because I guess I was thinking about me when I was like 14, 15, 16, and sort of circumventing gay bars, which had the traditional bard, shall we say, flag of that time, um, which was just known as the gay flag of the time. It wasn't known as the freedom flag. And feeling like inferior to it and feeling scared of it and feeling worried about it and it not feeling like accessible. And then I guess I think of me like on my first Pride marches and what that flag meant then, which is very similar to what it means now. It was bought by corporations. It was bought by supermarkets to show that they had queer people working for their organisation. And that made me sort of annoyed that this thing that I'd struggled to like reclaim or for it to be mine was bought by somebody else. And then just like the utter curmudgeonness of some members of our community when that flag has been updated to acknowledge identities which have always been there but have never been truly acknowledged or understood to have been so vital in our freedoms and the sort of pushback from the community were like I don't think the flag should be updated and then of course like through Covid in the UK the rainbow flag as it was of yesteryear became this symbol of the National Health Service then it's so messy and basically now anyone can put a rainbow thing and sell it in early summer and it somehow means that they're good people and there was something where you were talking about freedom there and I guess I was thinking is it freedom or is it assimilation? have we been offered freedom or have we been offered the opportunity to be just like them? And I joke about this, but I think there are like queer traditions which have been like eroded or corroded by heterosexual buy-in, essentially. And there's something to do with the fact that like we can't be offered our own versions of things. We have to be offered their version of it. And gay marriage or equal marriage is one of those things, right? It's just them saying, 
okay, fine, you're allowed to do this thing that we've been able to do for a long time. But I wonder if we were to ask for something which was so removed from their thing. You know, like if we take PrEP and PEP, pre-exposure or post-exposure, drugs which could mean that we don't have another lost generation, lost AIDS or HIV. That drug in the UK was a trial drug for years. The accessibility of that drug for years was prohibited. It was considered to be too expensive, that it wouldn't be used. It has transformed the face. And because of activists, because of queer activists going out there and saying, we are not like you, we are different, we have different needs, we have different desires, we have different wants, that struggle takes far longer, doesn't it? Because we're not saying, can we just be just like you? Which a lot of queer charities in the UK, in the States, are those charities often pushing for assimilation politics? I know you called up about flags, but we've gone off piste. And don't get me started on fucking mental health services for queer people. Oh, I've had enough of it this week. Hey Scotty, love the show. Only recently discovered it, but I have been quickly binging through all of it since finding it. So I'm a fat trans woman, pronouns are she and her. I also have BPD. I struggle with dating. I don't put myself out there very much. I've had two dates this year and I struggle because I'm a fat person. I worry that people aren't going to want me or that I'm going to be a catfish because I'm fat. And I was wondering if anyone had any tips on gaining self-worth or just overcoming dating fears as a fat person and navigating that world. Uh, Thank you very much. And yeah, (laughs) bye. Hi, gorgeous. Welcome to the room. You are more than welcome here. God, I just want to give you a massive cuddle. And I'm really, really loving people setting out their shops. I know I've said this a lot this season, but it's just so useful, I think, for everybody to understand the sort of person that they're listening to. And that is not me saying that is becoming a rule and you need to, like, nail your colours to the mask. Is that the the wall? Wherever you put your (laughs) colour. You know, I'm not saying that that is a thing that you have to do. But sometimes context is really useful, particularly for people who've never come into contact with gorgeous human beings like yourself. So, hello, welcome. Stay a while, gorgeous. Now, yes, I totally understand this. So I was doing the apps last summer for a long time. And one thing that I always want to say about when you're doing those things is find good ways of doing it because it can become very demoralising, particularly as a fat person in that space and particularly as a queer or and or trans person within that space because we are dealing with a lot of rejection. However big, however small, however kind, however nasty, however overt, however covert, we are processing rejection. And that can be really difficult. And so I'm always really wanting people to approach those spaces with like, like go on there when you're in the right headspace. Don't just go on there because you're like mindlessly scrolling. Understand it for what it is. It's a space where some people choose to socialise or sexualise. You know, like some people use that for hookup culture, but some people are definitely there for relationships. And I think it can be really beneficial, like the one from the NHS. (laughs) I have to give code names for everybody because, you know, the real people in my lives. The one from the NHS I met on one of the swipey swipey ones, and it worked really well. But leading up to that, I had a series of like very difficult dates 
the thing as well that I also remember is that real feeling of inadequacy, of feeling like, what if they don't fit? And me and my fat girlfriends talk about this all the time. What if they don't realise that I'm as fat as I am? And that is a really legitimate fear. What if I catfished them, etc.? You know what I mean? What if, what if, what if? And the best way that I found navigating those places is go on the ones which are sort of specially crafted for an audience that enjoys our body. Now, that world comes with a whole bunch of other things like objectification, fetishization, but it can be quite the ego boost to be more in a curated space where people who like your body and don't want your body to change in a way that you don't want it to change, that can feel quite exciting. However, just to put another caveat on this, the NHS one isn't somebody who I think would be characterised as a quote-unquote chaser. And so it is definitely worthwhile being in multiple spaces, but approaching those with care. You might be listening to this and you might be a trans person, you might have had a very different experience of navigating these spaces, and you might want to offer this beautiful person who's just gone, any advice, some more specific advice, some other hints, some dating tips, etc. If that is you, if you are listening to this and you can relate to this, and you've got some information that you would like to share, please pick up the phone, send us a voice note. It would be great to contribute to this conversation. Coming up, a dog called Queenie talking about hair loss and the return of an old friend. But before that, we know many of you listen to this on different platforms and we love that. So you stick listening to us wherever you feel comfy, babes. But if you are listening to us on Apple, we'd love it if you'd consider giving us a review because it does really help us out. And in the same breath, if you're listening to us on Spotify, you can now give us a little star rating and that goes a long way. So do us a favour and do something nice, please. And remember, this is an interactive experience. So if you've heard something that you'd like to respond to, or you've got something that you'd like to get off your chest, it's easy to join in. All you've got to do is just open up the WhatsApp and send us a little voice note to this number. 0788-200-3420. We do try to feature as many calls as we can, but if you don't succeed the first time, please do keep trying because we do listen to all of your calls. Right, that's enough of a commercial break. Let's get back to it. Hi, Scotty and friends. This is the mum that rang the last season i think i'm I'm doing much better just a quick one hi phone yeah it was just a quick one about what you said about the royal family and i totally agree um hi just a minute yeah that's my daughter but my sister has a dog called queenie and so whenever anybody talks about the queen my daughter thinks we're talking about the dog and says woof woof and it makes me laugh every time. Um, she also says, get down, get down, Queenie. So quite political as well. And stop it, Queenie. <laughs> but um, yeah, makes me laugh a lot. And anyway, sending lots of love. Bye. 
<laughs> Hello, gorgeous mum. Lovely to have you back. And with the little youngster in the background. I've said this before, but having real life going on in the background is just real life, isn't it? <laughs> I really like the fact that this child's voice has been like captured forever. Look at me talking like it's like the British Library, like it's some sound archive. But it is. It's gorgeous. It's like real life happening. Now, what's strange about this is because, yes, you know me, I'm not a flag-waving royalist. No, 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 no. But I've chosen the name of my dog. I feel like one of those weird mums that is on um, Don't Tell the Bride. I feel like one of those that I've like pre-planned everything. But I want a dog and I want the dog to be called Queenie. And I'll tell you why. Because I think all dogs should have good Cockney names. (laughs) And Queenie is like an old East London name. Because I think dogs just suit them. I think all dogs should be called things like Pearl and Lil and Flo. So, it was strange when you said, oh, I've got a dog called Queenie, because I hadn't actually thought about it in that way. I guess she's called the Queen, isn't she? I also call myself a Queen. Okay, here's a conversation. Can you still like the name Queenie and identify as a Queen or a King and be anti-royalist? Can you? I'm just putting that out there. Hi, Alina here. My pronouns are she, they. I'm a first-time caller, long-term listener. Long-term? Long-time? I don't know. I'm just calling because I've got hair loss on my mind. A couple of weeks ago, I discovered I'm losing some hair around my hairline. And um, I've started washing my hair with nettle tea because someone told me it helps. Um, And this morning, as I was pouring this nettle and chamomile tea on my head fresh from the fridge i was just thinking everyone i've spoken to about losing hair has been really awkward i tell them and you know it's fine i'm on a journey with it i'm getting bloods done i think it's just stress but every time i mention it to people i see them go away mentally i see them listen and go oh no can't talk about that and then they disappear and it never comes up again And they tell me it's not true. I just had to get that off my chest because I'm sure everyone in the pub, you beautiful lot, will have experienced something like this before. Oh, I just realised I didn't say hi to everyone. Sorry. I do mean to say hi. Yeah, I'd just love to know if anyone else knows that feeling of when you tell someone something and you can just see them shutting down. Yep, that's it from me. Oh, child screaming in the background. Sorry for not saying hi. I'll say bye to everyone. Bye, everyone. I do love you. I do mean to say bye and hi. I am polite, really. Um, Bye. Speak soon. Alina, thank you so much. F-T-C-L-T-L. Now, you and me both, I don't know if it's long-time listener or long-term listener. Maybe someone who's, like, educated in those sort of words ways will be able to tell us. Educated in those words ways. Clearly not me. F-T-C-L-T-L. We need to know, is it long-time or long-term? I mean, it could be both, I guess. Lovely to have you here. Don't panic about being nice. Listen, you sound like a nice person. Some people just walking in, they go, I tell me this thing, you know, so we can tell that you're a nice person. I'm glad that you've brought this to the table because there is some touch points that I can bring here. Now, hair loss does run in my family. My aunt has got alopecia. 
And my granddad had stress-related alopecia when he was in his 30s. And my mum, who is now... Mum's been at chemo coming up to two years. And of course, like, mum's hair drastically changed. And mum doesn't feel like her hair has come back in the same way. And is very conscious of it. And I think in my family, our hair is like a massive part of our identity for some reason. Like, growing up, everyone would just talk about my hair because I think everyone used to, like, misgender me as a kid, which, looking back at, like, I didn't have a problem with that, you know what I mean? But be like, oh, God, look, she's got lovely curly hair, because I had, like, thick, thick curly hair. And I've noticed recently that because of testosterone, of course, I'm starting to recede a bit, and my hairline's definitely going higher. So I've been growing my hair as well. So it's been something that's been on my mind, maybe in different ways. And it's been interesting to see how those different family members navigate that stuff. You know, my aunt has had to have injections and a much more clinical relationship with it. Whereas my mum, you know, she has gone to the doctor and said, like, this is really getting me down. And there's just, like, not much that they can do because essentially with chemo, like, the body has just gone through so much. It just needs, like, a few years, I guess, to sort of get back to strength and, you know, quote-unquote health. Hmm. There was something here that you were saying which sort of really reminded me of something that I talk about with a friend of mine who is in their 70s, which is about the relationship between age and fat. If you tell somebody that you're old, or if you tell somebody that they're fat, they try to do everything to convince you otherwise. No, you're not. Of course you're not. Don't be daft. You're not that old. Oh, you don't look that old. Oh, no, you're not fat. Oh, you're not fat at all. You're just bubbly. Um, And so there was something here when you were saying that people just kind of pretending that it wasn't a thing that I sort of really understood. And how you feel robbed of something as well, because the bravery that it takes you to say, this is something that I am, or this is something that I have, or this is something that I'm working through, or this is something that is affecting me, to then have other people gaslight you and be like, no that's not true, is wild. If you're listening to this, maybe you're experiencing the same. Maybe you can help. Lovely Alina, maybe you've got some other questions that you want to ask about it. You know what to do. Actually, I'd like to retract my previous statement. Fuck polite. Polite is bullshit. I'm kind, not polite. Anyway, bye! Hi Scotty, producer Tib, Captain Amaya. It's Lauren reporting from Blighty. I've been here for nine days and it's been really lush and going really well. But right now I'm definitely feeling like I don't need to move back to England. First things first is, seems like no one cares or COVID didn't even happen here. So it's been really bizarre, especially as an immunocompromised person. Um, And my mum is vulnerable, so I've been super safe trying to wear a mask. And yeah, it's like it never even happened here. So that's really weird. Number two, the food is like fine, but I do think Melbourne has better food. So I am missing home food, but I think that's, you know, part and parcel of like, settling somewhere and feeling homey and it's really lush to see my parents but yeah I'm still not feeling like I want to move back to the country anyway just was giving you a little report update from the south of England and I will be in the north of England next week so um, I'll report back then okay love to the pub 
Lauren, I'm really enjoying this travel journal. <laughs> I absolutely am. It's just sort of littering its way through this series, which is really enjoyable. Now, I was just saying this in the NHS one the other day. I was like, we were out. And people were, oh, it was because people were all celebrating the a bank holiday, evidently, you know, because that's means to celebrate. People were like falling over each other in town and there was like a lot of like parties and a lot of like day drinking going on. And I just turned to him and I went, do you remember COVID? (laughs) I mean, I think this country in particular has moved on so quickly, like it's not a thing. There's been some big sort of queer events happening over the last weekend in England, which a lot of now people have like become positive again for COVID. And I I found that really interesting. It was like, all of a sudden that kind of fear was back a little bit for the queers where they were like, oh, hang on. Yeah. We just had this massive party with each other. And oh yeah, now I'm coughing. You know, it's, it's still about, I don't think that fear's left me. And I don't know if it will ever leave me actually, which is a whole other conversation to have. I think the food in Australasia is much better than the food in England, honestly. I mean, no one's ever said, oh, what should we do tonight? Should we go out? What should we have? Or let's have English. That is a sentence that's never been said. Oh, let's go out and have contemporary English food. No, not a thing. Um, Whereas a lot of brunch culture globally has, in my experience, been based upon food that I had like 10, 15 years ago in Australasia beautiful. So yeah, no wonder why you're planning to get back home. Anyway, let us know how the North goes, because I've got a sneaky suspicion that you'll have some great chips and gravy. Apparently that's great. Uh, Wet chips, don't get me started on that again. Um, But the hospitality might be much different. It'd be interesting to see if, if after all this time, you being outside of England Shire, if you do notice the difference between Northern and Southern-ness-ness-ness-ness. Look forward to getting the next part of your travel diary. Hi, Scotty. Hi, Producer Deb. Hi, Tim. Hi, Maya. Hi, Kat. Hi, everybody at the pub. It's Providenza reporting from my car in Los Angeles. Um, I call you from my car all the time, Scotty. Uh, next time, I'll uh, always give the location. I am calling because, I don't know, this is kind of feels like maybe kind of an answer to what Otto was talking about, but also is just like something that feels really different and new that I've never experienced in my life before. And it's that I'm having this like moment where I'm like, wow, I'm feeling really good and like in alignment and like happy. And I've had like some really cool accomplishments happen. And I'm like actually like appreciating like all the hard work I put into them And I'm just feeling like very proud of myself and like really grateful. And I have just never, I've just never experienced this before. And I've been telling everybody kind of about this because I feel like we all sort of suffer from like not wanting to believe the good things that we experience in life. And like I said, I've just had some really cool like accomplishments happen. Going to be playing a, a pastor on a TV show. Like... I'm making my go-go dancing debut at my, like, Drag King Pride party. I'm just feeling so connected to, like, my community and my friends and my partner. And and I just think that, like, the reason for that is because, like, I've, like, accomplished what my, like, young self wanted, which was, like, just to, like, be in it with people and to, like, know people and ha- hang out with friends and 
And I just was like, kind of have been like washed over with this like feeling of gratitude to the commitment of like vulnerability that I've like committed to my whole life. And even though that like, you know, we're all like penalized for our vulnerability and, you know, I'm no exception to that. And I, I really have just like spent a life committing to being who I am. And I think that what I'm experiencing now is like what happens when you keep doing it. And I, I guess I just want to share that like that's a possible feeling. Uh, love y'all. Talk to you later. Bye. Providenza! Oh, it's so great to have you back, lovely. And I love our Los Angeles car chats. Thank you so much. And yeah, there's so much in this that made me reflect on, particularly of this coming off the back, as you say, of Otto's call, of the feels and what we're feeling and how we're feeling. And feeling good, it's so weird how we can feel intrepidatious around that, isn't it? So weird that we can feel like but this means something bad's gonna happen and sometimes when I'm making a piece of work and I'm like getting really stressed by it I try to remind myself this is something I want to do this is part of the process and is there a way of this being less stressful and is there a way of me trying to enjoy this and I think that can be applied here as well that when the good is going good it can feel scary and yeah like reminding yourself of what your younger self wanted. That's such an interesting thought. Thinking about what younger me wanted and what older me has now. Oh. Yeah, it's just that fear, isn't it? I don't know if you experienced this, but I often feel like, oh, things are swimming along fine. And then in the back of my head, it's like, because something awful is going to happen. Because around the corner lies the worst thing ever. And so I have to really like pull myself back from that thought. And I'm, I'm really enjoying this optimism. I like its fragrance. I like that it's to do with lots of different parts of your life. Cause I think so much of our framing of success or happiness is based around career, where for you, this is about relationship, career, and being given a break in this thing and getting to do the thing that you want to do and living your best life. And that sort of holistic approach is much more a healthy way of framing happiness, isn't it? Providenza as ever. Gorgeous to have you in the room or the car. Speak soon. So we've covered it all. Alcoholism, drag brunches, fishy names, pride washing, mental health, visiting the family, hospitality, success, hair loss, the works. If any of that is stirring you, if you've got any advice about trans dating whilst fat, please do pick up the blower. Send us a voice note to this number. Zero... Seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. It's easy. I know I act like a knobhead, but I'm actually quite nice deep down. I'm never going to be that horrible to you, unless you sort of deserve it. (laughs) So join in the party. It'd be lovely to see you. Remember, you can find us on the internet. Just search after the tone and you'll find it, okay? Come and be our friend. Stop sitting there on your own, okay? Come and sit with us, because we're nice people. Lovely. All right, whatever you do this week, I hope it's a good one. And remember, I'll see you next time for more this, that and the other. Oh, I-
after the tone, after the tone, leave your message after the tone. After the tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Colbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller Lewis, Digital Producer Capriel. After the tone is a Debbie production. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.